Hey there, Girl Getters. My name is Carolee Moore. And I'm Melanie Rice, and you are listening to the Be More Mindful podcast. Now, are you an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur? Then you are in the right place because here we help you shift your mindset so you can transform your business. Today, we're going to talk about mindset and advocacy. And frankly, you might be wondering, all right, I'm a business owner or an aspiring business owner. Why why do I care about advocacy? <laughs> um, well, we think, and we, I always, I always say this. That we have true. The, the perfect guest. We do <laughs> to to bridge that gap in your mind, right? Uh, and to transform your mind as it relates to advocacy and and how the process of running for office and, frankly, anything else that you'd be doing as a business owner advocating in this space is so very similar. Um, and her story is phenomenal. And so who am I talking about? You are talking about the one and only Tammy Minor Shagan. She is a consummate advocate. So it really is the perfect guest. And when you let me just tell you a little bit about her, why we're saying this. So she is the spirit of Frisco. She was named the spirit of Frisco by Frisco Chamber Commerce and the visionary arts leader by the North Texas Business Council for the Arts. She's also, congratulations, by the way, the very first Asian American to serve on the Frisco City Council. That is huge. Boss move. It is a serious (laughs) boss move. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. So she serves on multiple boards in both arts and education in Frisco. And most importantly, I think we're going to get some fun details here. She's also a member of the Orchid Giving Circle, and that's through the Texas Women's Foundation. And it has awarded $1.3 million in grants to Asian American causes right here in North Texas. That's phenomenal. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here. I'm really proud that you got through that bio because uh, she has <laughs> <laughs> quite, quite the list. Um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal person. I mean, we hear out all the accolades and, and all the things that are the flowery language. But honestly, um, the first time I met you, I it wasn't this kind of like, well, I'm just the important person in the room and you should talk. It was like, <laughs> hey, you know, very similar to you, Mel. My name's Tim, and we just kind of hit it off and started like super deep. I know. It was like <laughs> first conversation. Hey, what's your name? And then we just kind of like looked at each other and then, yeah, we went all the way down. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> tell um, me your deepest, darkest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I it's had like no connection. idea what was going to happen. Yeah. You know, you hadn't even, I think you were still running at the time. I think so. Yeah. yeah and yeah. oh, man. So it was neat. just thank you so much for even agreeing to do this. Of course. Um, and I know everyone, almost every Anyone who's listening to this who lives in Frisco knows you. <laughs> but what we're hoping for is um, for this to just be a different kind of conversation, mm-hmm. going a little bit uh, more specifically into mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first question that we have is um, to back all the way up uh-huh. to childhood and thinking about events that happen in your life that may have defined advocacy for you. Yeah. So when I think about that question um, and what shaped my desire to be an advocate, I don't think I could have, you know, verbalized that as a kid. Mm. But I grew up in Rockford, Illinois. It's a town that's north Illinois, like almost on the border of Wisconsin Mm. in 1970s. Okay, so (laughs) it was a very different time to grow up with an Asian immigrant family. Mm -hmm. It was not cool to be Asian. Right now, it's really cool. Very true. <laughs> um, it was not. I was bullied. I barely spoke the language mm-hmm. before ESL classes. Aww. So I was just kind of thrown into the classroom. And I distinctly remember 
the feeling of shame that I mm. felt uh, of how I looked and then also not understanding what is going on. I mm-hmm. felt very much like an outsider. So that informed me about um, just people and groups and how I don't want to feel that. I want to feel part of something that's larger, something that's inclusive. So um, that really informed me as a child. I would also say the one way that I was able to become connected to the community was through music. Mm. So even as a young child, I I understood the power of the arts to be a transformative force. And when I would play music or like my first concert was when I was age five, I actually was able to play for a, a big uh, group of fourth graders. It was their first orchestra concert. And I was the soloist with the orchestra at the big Metro Center in Rockford, Illinois. At five people. <laughs> Okay. It was, it was, I'll, I'll never forget that too. I mean, I can still remember the feeling of like the lights going on and me mm-hmm. like walking on stage and you could hear the click, 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 click of my yeah. shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I started playing, I mean, there was so much joy that I felt. There's joy with the kids and we were connected even though I still didn't speak the language. Wow. So because I internalized that, I know fast forward, you know, I got my music degree moved to Frisco, saw that there was a lack of arts and culture, um, but it was such a force for me that I wanted to help Frisco become a little more well-rounded, and that's how I began that journey of advocacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the diversity aspect, too, wanting to see other kids in this very diverse and international population feel like part of the school family. So I started a couple programs that are still in place today. One of them is called the Multicultural Minute, Mm. where we would feature a child um, from another country. They would come up to the stage at the school assembly, at the weekly school assembly. They would say their name, um, speak their language, count to 10, say hello and goodbye, and teach the kids a little bit about their culture. Love that. So it was really fun. We would uh, then on the bulletin board outside, we would we had a big map of the world um, and put a little dot on their country with family photos. And the parents would come up to me like with tears in their eyes, like we just never felt so welcomed. Um, And the kids were so proud of their heritage, which was the opposite of how I felt. Right. You know, so giving that opportunity and I'll never forget one um, little kindergartner had come up to me as I was putting the stuff on the bulletin board. And she said, she asked, where is um, the country of Texas? The country of Texas. <laughs> and I said, this is exactly why I do what I do. <laughs> Wanted to broaden their minds um, to the whole world that is in Frisco. Mm. So, I mean, I think it's uh, it's a unique journey, but it started when I was really young and trying to help create a city where people can feel included, they feel celebrated, and you know, they get to enjoy the arts as well as part of it. Love that. So as an immigrant, I think that what I would have loved is to have that kind of a program. Yeah. Because when you, oh, the hit. Oh, girl. The hit. A lot of my issues, and I call them issues, yeah. <laughs> now, even in public speaking, because mm. um, I'm confident in what I'm saying, I'm, I know that I know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But because of my experience as like a 10-year-old immigrant, mm-hmm. That was just teased so badly yep. for how I said things. Yeah. And I, it wasn't even like I'm Jamaican, right? It's not like it's not close to English, mm-hmm. but it was just different and right. odd to them. 
we would say the instead of the, and that was like a thing, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I love that from your experience, yeah. instead of it beating you down and kind of getting you like where you don't even want to think about it and talk about it or whatever, you dove right into it yeah. and said, okay, not for this next generation. Right. I just... Man, well, thank you for that. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that, too. I mean, because it's very similar to what I experienced as Mm -hmm. well. And it's what you don't want to continue. Yeah. The world needs that to end. For sure. You know, they need people to understand each other, to have compassion and and a true educated understanding of each other. And that's what um, really motivated me. And plus my kids. They were in this environment. Right. And I did not want them to experience it. So I was very motivated to make sure that um, it didn't happen to them. And they haven't. I mean, they've not had one experience ever Mm. in Frisco. 20 years. That's phenomenal. Isn't that incredible? I mean, remember when the Asian hate... Um, mm-hmm. Was going up. Mm-hmm. It was. It was. Yes. Suddenly becoming kind of bubbling named, up. Yes. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, and I remember asking my girls, like, "Have you felt this ever in Frisco?" Because mm-hmm. I have not. And um, they said, "No, mom, never." I'm like, this is incredible that our city does have a unique bubble mm-hmm. around it with their mm-hmm. public safety. And I mean, mm-hmm. we do feel very safe. And I've never felt that. I'm thankful for that. But you know, that's what we want to strive for everywhere. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. So I don't know if you had any. I know I was feeling still kind of. <laughs> I was feeling the same way um, because that's something that I also personally. Anytime I experience things, maybe not quite as young as you did, mm-hmm. or if I did, it wasn't quite as powerful. But definitely in my business life, things that I experienced where I felt mm-hmm. like this isn't right. I didn't like how this made me feel. Mm-hmm. I always took each and every one of those experiences and thought, how do I make it the opposite? Right. For other people. And I started to ingrain that in my in my bones of mm-hmm. wanting to give people great experiences. And I kind of live by that now even more in my professional life of remembering what, I mean, the Maya Angelou quote, people will never remember what you say or or did. They will remember how you made them feel. Right, right. And Absolutely. Th- and that takes that like gut fire of I'm never going to let it happen to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it great mm-hmm. because they deserve it. And it's so empowering. I imagine personally empowering. Yes. To feel like I can give joy mm-hmm. in the midst of my own pain. Mm-hmm. And you did that at five. <laughs> I mean. Well, I didn't know I was doing it. You yeah. know, that's the even thing. more magical. right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think everybody has that. They have experiences in their life that are challenges. They're difficulties. I mean, right. we live in a broken world. So, of course. But if you can turn that, and I mean, in the world of advocacy, it's not about the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. the the do and the do not. Mm, so you Yoda. have to do. <laughs> that's right. Pin it. <laughs> you got to do something. No, that's a that's a great. Or you don't do it, and it doesn't happen. I think that's a great point for a business as well, right? We, we think of it as like, well, I grew up poor, so I could never start and run a successful business. Mm-hmm. And I've heard th- this recently. Um, they were talking about something super shallow as social media, but I took it and blew it up in my mind. It's like for the the difference between the person that becomes a super successful, blah, blah, blah. It's not about skills even or about, 
It is literally that they just did it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's the people who just get up and do the thing. And then when they're doing it, everyone's like, wow, they're so special. Like, nope, they just did the thing. They just did it. They just got up (laughs) and did something. But you know, know the the mindset is the key there. thousand percent. Right? Because if you don't adopt a mindset that is open to the world changing because of what you can do, mm. then you won't do anything. Doesn't, yeah, because you're stuck in this loop of poor me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is like yeah. victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, to immigrant, quote unquote, minorities yeah. sitting here yeah. saying this. And it doesn't mean that the world isn't screwed up. It doesn't mean that all these things aren't true and they don't exist. I just wasn't taught by my parents to make it somehow make me feel like I can't do whatever it is that I want to do in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I can see that that was something that was also ingrained in you because, I mean, the resume. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bunch of doing. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So that leads us perfectly because we have to talk about your historical run for city council because we're very curious to know how, now that we know where your advocacy really started, Mm. how did that run change your personal definition of advocacy if it did at all. You know, what's interesting about my run is that I didn't decide to run until a week before filing. <laughs> I said it was two it was a week it before. It was literally a week before. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> I know. And um because I've avoided politics. I've wanted yeah. to be Switzerland because I was in the arts, yeah. you know. So I'm like I don't take sides. I have I'm friends with people that are enemies with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I've walked that line and I'm it was actually at my concert, and I had never even wanted to do a concert, but um, I was asked to do one at the Knack Theater to help kind of promote the Knack Theater downtown. Mm-hmm. So I said, sure, you know, I'll, I guess I'll do a Valentine's concert. And um, I was just coming off like a kind of a low point in advocacy. Mm-hmm. I felt like maybe my time in Frisco was coming to an end, and I had done everything I could possibly do. You know, maybe it was a sign for me to move on. And so I, I was feeling down mm. as far as being an advocate for the arts, but I was working on the concert, had the concert on the 12th, and it was, like, shocking that the room was full of people who were there just to listen to me play and to support me. I mean, mm-hmm. friends, it was the first time I'd n- never felt nervous Once during the entire program, I played, I was having fun, I was engaged with everyone. And I'm like, this is amazing. And the the love that I felt from our Frisco community, it made me think, you know what, maybe Mm. I could think about advocating further. Maybe, maybe I'm not done. And so um, that's what I mean, is surrounded in the arts, which is so interesting. And then even that night of the concert, I went over to a few friends' homes. Um, it was a group from the Orchid Giving Circle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking to them about it, and they're like, Tammy, this is your time. You need to do it. Uh, it's, it's the year of the tiger, which uh, <laughs> at 2022 was. It was the year of the tiger of be- making bold, courageous changes in leadership. And they're like, yep. it's Tammy Tiger time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I think I can do it. I mean, and I talked to a whole bunch of folks. And I mean, I think when you consider public office, it's the scariest thing because mm-hmm. there's I didn't I didn't know what was going to come ahead as far as how how difficult and ugly it could get. Mm-hmm. But um, thankfully, you know, it was a unique election where I was um, in within basically a week. Um, I was I was kind of already in because um, my brand, I believe, 
was pretty strong at that point. So um, it was a remarkable thing. Um, it, it goes to show that like you have to do it scared. Mm. Whether you are sure you're going to make it or not, you just got to do it scared. Because if I hadn't done it scared, I wouldn't be sitting here right now talking about it. Yeah. I What I keep hearing and yeah. Apologies for the people who don't believe in God who are listening to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I just, I hear the Holy Spirit. I hear God through this entire story. None of that was really you. Right. Whoever it was that asked you to do that concert. Yeah. Jason Young. Mm-hmm. Shot him out. Yeah. Right. Whoever it was that believed and said, OK, we're going to pull her in and, and encourage you in that moment. Yeah. All my when, orchid giving. When system. when that little, you know, oh, I could do that because in that moment you were so vulnerable. Yeah. Anybody who said eh, maybe you should wait a year. Right. Would have completely shifted because you weren't sold yet. Right. God put you yeah. in those places and put people in your path that just made and all the things that you had been working on that you just felt like, oh, these are passions of mine. These are things that I'm doing. No, they're was preparation for just so much more beyond what you ever saw for yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's all God. Yeah, I do believe that. I, I do. I think in my life, there are a few things that I can say 100%. This is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And city council, yeah. I can actually say 100% <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to do this. Yeah. And I'm here for some reason. Yep. And uh, it doesn't make any other sense yep. any other way. And then the way that the person had to drop out and do, come on. So <laughs> it's, it's so incredible. So awesome. as far as advocacy, I mean, what's unique about being in, and I never even thought about it as an Asian. American representation thing. I was mm -hmm. just thinking, I want to serve my city. I've already been serving my city. Now I can take it to the next level. Um, you know, do you want me or not was why I was going in. But mm -hmm. once I got in, all of a sudden, the Asian American groups mm -hmm. from the region were reaching out and saying, we're so excited for you. We're so excited for us as a community. Mm -hmm. Will you come to this event? Will you come speak at this one? Will you come represent? And all of a sudden, that representation Hit mattered. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize how important it was. And what a full circle moment for me mm -hmm. to come from a childhood of being bullied mm -hmm. and ashamed of my race. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm like, and that brings me to tears, like representing. representing. You know, I called my mom and I was like, can you believe this? Can you believe I'm actually serving on city council and I am the Asian American representative and I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had a good laugh. Because <laughs> <But laughs> it's it is true. It's a it's a gross point for me as an adult, even. I mean, it's uh it's amazing how these childhood experiences can scar you for a long time. You know, and you, <laughs> you can either hold on to it yeah. or you can use it as fuel and power. Right. right Honestly. Right. And it can either destroy you yeah. or it can make you invincible. Love that. So true. Now, I did have someone last year tell me, um, I think you post a little too much about being Asian. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. Um, I don't think you understand my story. So, mm. um, And I don't do it for me. Mm. I'm doing it for everybody else who feels seen and included um, in my attention to that part yeah. of me. So 
it's not gonna go away. Like I'm. <laughs> First I'm of gonna... all, <laughs> you can't hide it. Yeah. Yeah. It's my wrapping. Kind of, kind of, kind of just there. It, it's kind of there. Like that, <laughs> so that's like, who I am. Um, <laughs> I don't. That's uh, yeah. That's that a very odd comment From to make. Yeah, uh, that yeah, was the I'm, first. I'm curious. I'm like, so how many less posts do they need before <laughs> for it to be adequate? <laughs> just very curious. Well, it may be given. You know, that month it was AAPI month, oh. and or no, it was Asian Lunar New Year month, and I'm like, of course, like we don't celebrate one day. We're doing the whole month. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a million activities, and I was invited to so many. Yeah. So I was giving them a lot of attention, and of course, um, so I could see maybe there was that, but no, yeah. I mean, I'm going to continue to advocate for thousand percent as yeah. you should. Yeah. Are you kidding? Well, yeah. and, you know, there's always that. I think whenever you're standing out from the crowd, mm-hmm. you're standing out and yeah. you will get it will produce responses from people in every sphere. Mm-hmm. And it really has nothing to do with you. I mean, I, I the thing I'm hearing is you latched on to the meaningful feedback that you got mm-hmm. yeah. when people reached out and said, hey, you know, you're you this means something to us mm-hmm. you knew yeah. that was the truth yes yeah exactly. so someone saying that's you post a little too much it's like that's not true yeah yeah and you know it's not true mm-hmm. and you know you don't have to rub that in anyone's face you didn't you know you no. didn't have to lash back at them you just said hey this is who i am but here's the growth because that didn't come from your own mind Mm. because of your story mm-hmm. and where you've been mm-hmm. that could have been a story that you've been telling yourself oh I can't post that much right right mm. you weren't auto editing it yeah and I I know you know what I mean yes I do <laughs> I do right mm-hmm. and I, I'm really proud of you for that honestly oh, thank you that that's not that's not where your mind is right now no mm. no because you could have been doing that and who knows after that comment if you right, were right. super careful okay well it's been four posts this week yeah. can't do that <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my so that's yeah. being mindful again it comes yeah. down to being mindful <laughs> that's so true right, like so I'm yeah. I'm super happy that you're like okay yeah well thank you for thank that you. opinion mm-hmm. um, <laughs> right right keep doing what I'm doing yeah so, yeah so I wanted to pull on one little thread in yeah. your story because I'm I'm curious if you can open up um dive us back into the experience when you said you were really low you did that concert yeah and because that dark place is, it was so pivotal. Mm-hmm. And I know every single listener has gone through some moment where yeah. they felt like, what is next? And they don't know. Mm. And it's funny to me that you said, when the thing was open, right, you're going, okay, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to be in the moment and ex- do my thing. And you did. Mm-hmm. When the door opened, you're like, no, that's not the door. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm. will you walk us a little bit through that yes. moment where you're like, I'm terrified, but you also felt it to be true and what that framework in your head sure, was? Sure, sure. Um, and I think for, you know, because your listeners are entrepreneurs, they're probably thinking of taking a leap in something mm-hmm. or feeling down like, what am I doing? You mm-hmm. know, and I, I want to do something. I don't know what that is. So that's exactly what I was feeling. I, was, I remember I was on my yoga mat sobbing, um, my down dog position and child's <laughs> pose then eventually because oh, I'm yeah. like crumpling. That'll and I'm do like, it. I don't know. I just don't know. Like what what is all this meant, mm-hmm. you know, and why did I serve so much? And it's it's a struggle, but you have to first, you know, the first step would be you have to acknowledge it and um, speak it out and sh- and share it to yourself, to others. For me, it was just a private moment where I'm like, ah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to have to be okay with whatever at this point. Um, and I was, I was more open to, I don't know, I, I thought it was this way. I thought it looked this way, but I guess it's not going to look this way. And mm-hmm. um, 
that was important because mm-hmm. I did have a way that my journey was supposed to look. And um, I think we all kind of mm-hmm. do that. We're like, okay, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, mm-hmm. and that will lead to this, and then we'll do this. And you don't check any of those boxes anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so then like, life hits. Yeah. <laughs> and so you had to let go of the tight control you have mm-hmm. over the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I did open myself up, and I'm I'm saying all this in hindsight. I didn't know that was the process. Of course. But um, then when, you know, I'm asked to do something that, is actually my passion, which is mm-hmm. play. Um, I had to say, yes, it did take time and it took effort, but it did feed me too. So I think finding something that you love, mm-hmm. get back to what you love and do it. The then anchor. You're, yes, the anchor, because then you're going to be inspired to potentially do something else. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know that that was certainly a step for me. And when that happened, that moment if I had said no to the concert, that moment would never have existed. You know, none of those things would have unfolded. Um, and I wouldn't have felt the love from the community. So um, it was an important part of that process. And then in the moment, I started to recognize, oh, my gosh, something in me wants more. Mm. And I'm going to have to squash it down and say, no, I, I think I'm, I thought I was over this. You know, like I thought I already let this go. Um, or, okay, yes, but I'm scared because there's a vulnerability to it. You're like opening yourself up again to the possibility, which the dream, you know, like when you have a dream and it gets deferred, mm. that hurts. But then when it rises up again, you're like, oh, I don't want to give up. I really want to keep going. And, and that you have to embrace and say, you know what? I am going to keep going. Um, and then you got to surround yourself. Like, I couldn't have done that moment without my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Like, we just went that that night. I mean, I'd just come off the concert, and I was still in my clothes, and I had my big heels on. And um, they're like, what do you think? And how do you feel? And um, you can do this. And they were just building into me mm-hmm. so much. And um, I know, and I've told all of them that night, like, I couldn't have done this without you. And they were there They were there the night I was um, sworn in. I mean, every wow. step of the way when I was nervous, they were just a text away. And then I was also asking several other folks in my life, like, the do it scared, that came from Ernest Morgan. Uh-huh. Yes. And the amazing thing about that story is he just saw on my face. I was coming to another event, and this is when I was thinking about things, and I wasn't saying anything to a lot of people yet. And he just said, you know what? I don't know what you're struggling with right now, mm-hmm. but you need to do it scared. Whoa. <laughs> so when I said God was in it, I, I was, I that was a general. Now and, you know. Yeah, like, and, and I'm not a public crier, and I just bawled. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, you don't understand how much I needed to hear that. And he and I said, I can't tell you the situation because I don't want you to put you in the middle of anything. But I want you to know how meaningful that was. And he knows. I tell that story everywhere now. The do it scared story. (laughs) Um, Because it is so important. And if I hadn't done it, you know, if I didn't do it scared. So that is that third or maybe it was the fourth (laughs) last thing you've got to do. You got to go do it. And you do it scared. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it just because you're scared. Right. I think the first piece that you said and I. It's the thing I think a lot of people struggle with is being open mm-hmm. to whatever yeah. possibility because it is very, very much a nerve wracking, scary feeling of like, OK, I don't have control. Right. And I'm, for folks who are listening, I'm doing air quotes because control is not real. <laughs> yeah, We don't have control of um, what this whole thing is. We do things. We try. But the idea of. I'm going to plan my whole life in these next 10 years and it's just going to be this way and whatever. Like try doing that for like three months and you realize very quickly it's 
an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but being open allows for God or the universe or whatever you believe to be the thing to bring what is supposed to be mm-hmm. in your life. And if you're open enough, whatever that thing is, you'll notice it. You'll recognize it. Because if you're closed off, if your mindset is kind of like, no, nope, yeah, then there's no way that you're even going to be able to receive right. the thing. Right. You saying yes to the anchor, mm-hmm. which was the concert, left you open to whatever was going to come after that. And then it came in like a rushing, like yeah. overwhelming, like, okay, I got to do this, but I'm Absolutely. scared. Mm-hmm. And then your people came in and said, okay, yeah, we got you. Right, right. And you can do this. And you got to have that safe place to fall. Thousand percent. You have to have those people around you. Um, oh, that's a big one. Yeah. It's because it, you'll probably fall, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a part of the process, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. falling. Mm-hmm. But it's <laughs> yeah. the failing or falling forward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we say that. That's right? our, t- you talked about, you know, um, you're saying that you heard from Ernest. That's our uh, thing good, is yeah. just failing forward. We said that on Monday. <laughs> we look well, like, yeah, it's, it's a huge part of owning and running any business, especially when uh, it's new. 100%, yeah. Right. It's just, I'm okay with failure. As long as we're failing forward, like doing a, a deep diagnostics of like what happened so yeah. that we can not repeat it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> right. I think that there's That's, the, there's humility in the failing forward mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I think a lot of people are probably, uh, and I, too, I mean, you're afraid to fail because you're like, oh, the world will know that yeah. I made a mistake. But that's OK. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're all human. We all make mistakes and we all would prefer authentic people. Mm-hmm. So I like hearing the mistakes. I like hearing the failures because that helps me understand how to process mine and then how mm. I can move forward. So yeah. if more people would talk about it, I think it would help others. That's what this podcast is. We don't bring super successful pe- people on this podcast to be like, so, you know, you made a million dollars and like, how was that experience? No, we're going to be like, okay, so what was the 10 years before when you were either sleeping on your mom's couch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Homeless in your car, driving around and going to interviews in the one suit that you had and everyone thought you were fine. Like those are the stories that we really want to hear because the people that are now in that situation need to know that that's not permanent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That season, the moment where you were on your mat crying, mm-hmm. you had no idea that in just a few short years, you would be here. Well, literally, that moment you know was I mean? December 2021. Whoa. By exactly. February 2022, exactly. it was already changed. Exactly. And the way I describe it to people now is like, on the mat, all I could see is like the back of the tapestry. Mm. I could only see all the random strands of color in random patterns. Nothing made sense to me. And I wondered, what what does it mean? What am I supposed to do with this? Mm. And I didn't realize that the moment that I could come to the other side and see how it all played together, that everything I did in my life was preparing me for the next step. Exactly. And I had no idea. Exactly. Even the small little bulletin board experiences with the PTA of this multicultural minute, even that mattered because those people I knew and that was part of my story that got me into counsel. So all of a sudden, my life made sense. And that is truly, I mean, I'm so grateful. It took a lot of risk to get there, but I'm just so grateful to have had that moment to be Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And now I'm here and I can see a little more, but Mm -hmm. there's more. I don't know Mm -hmm. what else is is there. But but you have to believe that that moment will be for you too when you're in the back of the tapestry. How can you really enjoy, sorry, I know you were saying that. No, that's like... 
Yeah. You're speaking to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's my soul. Yeah. We have time for one last question. Okay. So I know Carolee's got it. Um, Sure. So this, just to kind of tie it back into um, business ownership and that whole journey, right? Um, How can and how should, frankly, I'm going to be biased in that way because I, I believe in business and being an advocate in your community um, as you're running your business. How do you see those two things kind of coming together? Um, you obviously have been in the kind of education and um, arts space, but in general, this idea of business owners and business people also becoming involved in advocacy within mm-hmm. their community. How important is that and what kind of connections um, could be made there? Um, I think the folks. best businesses will do well and do good. Ooh, like that. So <laughs> you'll writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the purpose is the purpose of your business to just make a lot of money. Um, that's a good thing to do. You know, you want to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. but you can also do good with it. Yeah. And you want to think about, well, how can I use my resources and leverage what I have to help someone else? And if really, if all businesses were advocating for the causes that they're passionate about, mm. we would have so many fewer problems in communities. Um, and even if it were free services or discounted or the individuals within the businesses that are advocating and saying this cause is important, let's all go over here and volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, I love seeing that, you know, in Frisco, we actually have a good percentage of businesses that do that. They advocate. Yeah. You can almost brand, co-brand people with their business and what they're advocating for. Yeah. And I think that brand part, too, um, it's mm-hmm. another benefit uh, to advocacy is it does become part of your brand. Mm-hmm. We want to think about as a business, how do I make myself so valuable that there are no other options? And if you can do that and they connect you with a cause at the same time, mm-hmm. you're uplifting everybody. So um, there's definitely tie-ins. Um, I think that, you know, I've been fortunate to be on the other side as we're raising money for different causes to see business owners and the most humble people at the top. Mm-hmm. That's what's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Craig Hall, he is, you know, He's got a winery. He's got the developments. Um, He's a big philanthropist, especially with the arts. Mm -hmm. And to see what he gives to our community with regards to the arts, I mean, millions of dollars worth of art that's available to the public Mm -hmm. that people don't even realize that you can go and be inspired and just relax on the properties. And it's going to continue to grow uh, because of the redevelopment there and the potential of the Performing Arts Center that he's donating land towards, which he could do anything on that land. He could do more, you know, hotel or, you know, make a lot more money. But he realizes that there is so much more you can do if you do good along with it and it's lasting that's a legacy i love that you want to repeat that line because i know you wrote it down (laughs) (laughs) no no uh, i'm gonna let it hang because that's where it's it's hanging for me as well i just i love that that it's that could be a legacy to somebody yeah yeah definitely Okay, you got me. You got me good. Uh, oh my okay, gosh, I think all ahead. three of us have cried in this oh podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's how you know it's it's been a good it's time. It's a good one. <laughs> so, um, if anyone else wants to cry, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> where, where can people? Fi- well, you guys are good. You guys thanks. are good. Starting off before 
we do socials. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you want to bring attention to, yes. especially to the business community? And then also now where can people find you? Uh, yeah, online. Yeah. Um, well, you can find me online. Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, I on LinkedIn. I don't really do Twitter as much. Um, that was kind of a newer one for me. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not really good at Twitter. <laughs> but um, and also you can go to my website at Tammy Four, which is the number four, Tammy4Frisco.com and just look at all the stuff that's going on there. But I would say what I have seen through this year of serving, because I've now completed my first year on mm-hmm. council, is there is a disconnect of information that the community um, is processing, I guess, and that the city, you know, has. And we we put out information, but not a lot of people are reading it or they're misunderstanding or misinterpreting. And so what I would really encourage everyone to do, which might not be your most exciting thing to do, but go ahead and go to friscotexas.gov and just look at the website because it is remarkable what you can find um, on our city's website about everything that you need to know Mm. in our city. And a lot of people think that it doesn't exist like the answers to the questions that they have, but they are actually all right there. So I invite you to do that. On the business side, we have a new um, interim CEO, which is Crystal Howard for the Frisco Chamber. And she is such an amazing woman. I love her dearly. I got to be one of her first meetings as interim CEO. Oh, awesome. Yes. So um, we came in matching white outfits. It was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she's a great person to reach out to as um, a business owner in Frisco because I know that she has some great ideas about how to support the community. Yeah, that's a great plug, Frisco Chamber. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I know. Clearly love that. Um, But thank you so much. Yes. So, you know, that's reach out. I love that advice Mm -hmm. um, because same, we encourage all of our listeners to actually do that. Um, Don't be scared to reach out. Don't be afraid to look. And especially our business owners, because I'm guessing on FriscoTexas.gov, there's a lot of places where they can plug in and should. Absolutely. There's, yeah, volunteer opportunities. There's so much. So, yeah, it's a good resource that a lot of people don't think about or know about. Awesome. And you can find our agency online, cmcmarketing.co. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at that handle and LinkedIn because they're weird. It's CMC Marketing Co. And you can find me, Carolee Moore, at Carolee Moore because I'm boring. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) On all the grown folk social media platforms that includes Facebook, LinkedIn, and for the most part, Instagram. <laughs> uh, same for me, the grown ones. I'm Melanie Rice on LinkedIn and Facebook. And the real Melanie Rice on Instagram. Because, you're welcome. Because there's a, there's a fake one out you're there. Wel- you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Um, and lastly, we want to invite you to continue this conversation with us over on Facebook. We have a growing and thriving Facebook group of amazing entrepreneurs that are trying to be more mindful. We'd love for you to come in there and add your two cents. You can find it at facebook.com slash be more mindful podcast grow getters. And as we always sign off and say, happy growing. Happy growing.